Hey, good everybody. Uh, Greg Murphy here, and welcome back to another episode of The Depot, uh, the podcast that is focused on getting to know uh, the transport industry and the people within it a little bit better. Uh, in this episode, I'll be talking to new CEO of E-Road, Mark Heiner, to find out about his journey uh, from being a barrister to the boss of a major New Zealand technology business, as well as the journey that E-Road has been on and where they are going in the future. Um, E-Road was founded in 2000. It's a technology company that helps fleet with RUC compliance, manage health and safety and fleet management. Uh, has over 200,000 units connected across New Zealand, North America and Australia. Uh, last year it merged with uh, Cortex. Um, it employs over 540 people across New Zealand, Australia, North America as well. Um, and it is a company that is on the fly going places. So we'll get into it and uh, have a chat with Mark. Great to have you on the depot. Uh, really appreciate your time and you know, I'm sure a, a very, very busy role that you've got. Uh, first and foremost, as we do with all the guests, uh, be great to just get a, a quick um, sort of overview of, of yourself, a bit about your background. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Mayor. Thanks for one having me on the show today. Looking forward to it. So my background. So um, historically, or no, I've been a lawyer my whole life. So um, up until recently, very much in court or working the business, supporting clients or E-Road in terms of any legal matters that they might have. Been doing that for ooh, about 15 years or so. And I immensely enjoyed it. I mean, lawyers, apart from being renowned to be shysters, we also are problem solvers, right? We enjoy we enjoy trying to solve problems for clients and for companies and so forth. So um, my background has been very much around how to solve problems for clients, um, whether it's in criminal law, merging businesses together, launching new products, protecting IP. And for myself, that's sort of translated really well into E-Road and then really well into the CEO gig that I now have the opportunity to be involved in. So as an organisation, it's grown a lot. A lot of problems that need to be solved in terms of how do you manage growth, get new products to market and so forth. So there's another sort of evolution on that journey. So it's been fun. And and prior to all this, uh, you uh, left school, went straight to university. I'm assuming, and 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 that's the one. So uh, proud Otago University yep. students. I'm a huge supporter of the Highlanders. Still um, grew up in the Northern region. So uh, Tampa Marcos. I, I'm a sports nut. When I, if I'm not working, I'm watching sports. So I've been sitting on the couch every night, sort of loving the Commonwealth Games action over the last few weeks. Uh, so. Huge supporter of Tampa Marcos, Highland supporter, uh, love the areas I grew up in and love going back down to South Island. I was down in Tiana only a couple of weeks ago, soaking up the beautiful nature and the peace and tranquility you get down there. So it's wonderful. Oh, brilliant. Uh, awesome to know. Um, so you joined E-Road, uh, what I've got here, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously uh, quite a big shift from, you know, being involved in legal firms uh, mm -hmm. to then coming involved in a, you know, a company, public company. Um, yep. What what did bring that change from, you know, around? So in terms of my selection or what's happened at E-Road? Um, no, no, shifting from, you know, from that yeah. that uh, that role yeah. inside a legal firm as a lawyer and then, and, and yeah. then joining yeah. a company yeah. like E-Road. Absolutely. So been, what I found, being a lawyer, when you're working in a private firm, you sort of hand off, your advice and sort of get on to the next client. You never really see how it materialized in the business and actually apply it uh, to the business and see how it goes. So in my prior life, I used to do a lot of mergers. I used to merge the business together, documentation signed, say, look, good luck, hope it all goes well. 
I'll see you later, work on to the next sort of big job that comes up. And so I thought, look, coming into business, actually understanding the actual implications of when you merge a business or when you launch a new product or you sort of do something new when you provide legal advice, I wanted to see the other side and actually how do you apply it in detail. So right about now, we're in a situation where we're merging two businesses, right, and integrating the two. So it's a chance for me to roll up my sleeves and actually understand how it all works from a commercial point of view. So that really led to a new challenge for me. I, I sort of enjoyed being on one side, but I wanted to get myself right back into details, actually how do you actually implement this legal advice? And what I found is, from a practical point of view, it's one for the right something on a piece of paper, but actually get into detail and actually work with people and put process into action. That's where the fun lies. I really enjoy that. And so those seven years ago, I took a big plunge into going in-house and I'll never look back. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, and, and what attracted you or what was the, how did you end up um, taking that role with E-Road? Yep. Uh, so with E-Road, I mean, what attracted me to this business was this growth trajectory, right? And I believe in its purpose and we have to grow. So from my perspective, I sort of sit there and go, look, uh, great Kiwi story in terms of growth, you no know, looking after people on the road. So for me, that sort of took me on that journey and I incredibly enjoyed a better lawyer. And then an opportunity opened up to become the CEO organization and actually taking the organization to the next level. That sort of excitement, being an iconic Kiwi company, bringing it to the next level and supporting the transportation industry, it's too good of an opportunity to turn down. Yeah, brilliant. Um, obviously, some change uh, this year. Uh, Stephen Newman, after 15 yep. years of uh, being CEO, um, uh, left E Road in April. Uh, mm -hmm. You took over the role as acting CEO, and then uh, from June this year, given the the full full role. Um, mm -hmm. What are some of the biggest challenges that you've encountered from being the yeah. general counsel within to actually then taking on the the big dog position? Sure, yeah, sure. That's a good question. So, when you're the general counsel, you get really deep into issues, right? If there's an issue around a product or a lawsuit or a new merger activity, you get deep really deep into it as a CEO you've got to bring your game all the way up to top and actually trust and rely on people so I've got a bit of an education course over the last wee while despite being in business for seven years actually going out there and understand our products better how customers understand them uh, meeting our customers because now I've been a bit of in the background doing the work as opposed to being out there with the customers and then understand the broader team what everyone's doing and so for a CEO you've really got to change your mind shift to say you can't always be deep sometimes you might have to but you actually have to be broad and look at the whole organization and join in dots. And a great thing for me and a great learning is as an organization, I see there's a bit of a lack of alignment or some areas not quite sure what other areas are doing. So part of the journey in taking on that sort of top dog role, as you say, is actually joining the dots together and different people getting to talk and actually working together more collaboratively because you find in organizations, people get really deep and focus on the area and not really understand the broader perspective in the organization. So that's what I found been a huge challenge trying to bring myself up and avoid the temptation to go deep all the time and trust people that I work with. But it's been brilliant to actually see what everyone does in the organization and get the organization moving all in one direction. Uh, and that's been a lot of fun. Was it was it a um a nanosecond decision or was it a, a drawn out decision to actually <laughs> take on the role? Yeah. And so uh, from my perspective, um, I was in the acting role for a couple of months and the plan was always that, you know, Stephen got hit by a bus or whatever happened, I'll do an acting role. Um, and then when the board said, look, we're loving what you're doing in the organization and the sort of the traction we're making and the sort of changes we're making, would you consider doing a permanent role? I, I 
I must admit, I took about a week to think about it. I sort of said, look, I've got to talk to my partner, have a chat about that. Uh, it's big impact on kids, been traveling lots and so forth. So took a week to think about it. But look, I love the role as acting. And when you're acting, kind of don't go the full hog. You sort of, you know, you're caretaking capacity. I said, look, I'd love to have the opportunity to take on the permanent role. So after about a week of thinking around, can I do this role and can I add to the business and ticking those boxes and is it right for the family perspective? I thought, yep, let's get into it and go for it. Balance is a hard thing, right? Uh, life, work, balance. I mean, oh, do you know anyone yeah. that's got it right? <laughs> What I was once told, which I sort of reflect on, is don't measure it on a day-to-day or a week-to-week basis. Look at your year, right? And say, hey, through the course of the year, have you got the right balance, right? And it's a challenge because you take a long-term perspective, but it's bloody hard. Um, no, I've been in the US twice over the last couple of months. I'll be back up the game twice more for the year. I was in Australia last week. I was at our Christchurch team the week before, back in Christchurch again shortly. I love meeting the team. I love throwing myself into the work. But it does have a real impact on your family, your health, and so forth. So you got to take a, have a really good game plan, take a longer-term perspective of what balance means for you. But look, it's hard. I'm not going to lie. No, it is hard. Um, listen, E-Road's perp, one of well, key purposes to, to help create safer and more sustainable roads. Um, just give us a, a synopsis of, you know, the, the about the E-Road journey um, sure, from sure. the beginning and end you know, how it's actually yep. just continued to grow and and, um, and expand the way it has. Yep. So a few years ago now, about 15, 16 years ago, a couple of very smart people, far smarter than me, looked at how the country and how globally you manage sort of road user charging. So as many of us know, if you've got a diesel vehicle, a heavy vehicle, you've got to pay, go to the post shop in those days, buy a license, put it in your windscreen, bit of a cumbersome process and pay for road user charging. As we sort of see how the future goes, as vehicles get more efficient and so forth, the fund to actually pay for the upkeep of the roads gets squeezed because you get more efficient vehicles, whether it's electric vehicle or Eurosets or other vehicles that have more efficient engines. What they could see is the, the duty that was collected to pay for the roads wasn't necessarily going to keep up with the actual damage and the need for the use of the road. So they proposed a model which is very much based on electronic road user charging. So rather than having to go to the post shop each week to buy a license and have all that money sitting in the windscreen, we built a model where you've got an electronic device that records where the vehicle is all the time, has a license on its screen, so when you get pulled over by the police or somebody else to understand if you've got your road to charge your license, they can check it out and go, yep, you legally drive. And what it did for customers, it did two key things. One is it meant they could manage their spend a lot better in terms of paying for use of the road, because it's all prepayment. So rather than sort of spending 10,000 kilometers worth on the windscreen, they could find 500 kilometer increments, which meant they could manage their working capital better. Yep. And a lot of operators, we run on very thin margin in the transportation industry. And we said day in, day out, and as fuel is getting more expensive, our transport operators are doing it tougher at the moment. So help them manage their costs. Also, when you under the New Zealand's road to charging regime, if you drive on private roads, you actually get a refund because that's not a public road that public funds need to. Um, pay for. And so a lot of our initial customers would, in the forestry block or other areas where you're driving on private roads, so what they found is they could actually get money back from the government. Very hard to do it manually. Our device does it automatically, right? So they could automatically file refund claims. So great business model. And what it meant was the product pays for itself at the outset for our customers. So we've got a huge amount of traction in New Zealand very quickly with the heavy vehicle operators. 
And as you sort of know where they're driving and know the distance they're traveling, the speed they're doing so, you can start providing other applications. So health and safety is incredibly important for the roads and for transport operators. One third of workplace deaths happen on the road. We know it's the most dangerous workplace around. And we've got great clients who want to look after their staff, make sure they get home safely each day. So we saw a real health and safety angle to it as well. So we launched products to manage health and safety for our customers as well. So we've got a driver leaderboard product, which ranks how safe drivers are within a particular fleet and then how fleets compare each other. And that's led to gamification where people sit there and go, look, we want to be safe. Not only is safe driving means we get home safely each night ourselves in the community, but also actually manages costs better because less wear and tear on the vehicle, less fuel burn. So it's better business as well. So there's good gamification between fleets to try to do better. What also meant is we can actually understand how fatigue impacts people on the road as well, because our application can see the longer you drive, the more tired you get, the more likely you are to make a mistake. So we found really useful applications for that and our customers love it. And now as we sort of carry on our journey, sustainability has become a big one as well. We know that vehicles in New Zealand, the emissions from the vehicle fleet about 40% of all our carbon emissions. It's a major factor and the government's really keen to cut it back. So we're looking at how we support our customers now on the ESG journey. And there's a bunch of things we can do there. I was down at a trial uh, a couple of weeks ago in Christchurch where they're using electric vehicles, electric trucks to service um, public works in the Christchurch region. But there's lots of range anxiety. They want to know, can the vehicle actually get made to be on a charge? So we're helping to understand day in, day out, how far do they travel and what electric vehicles are best for them. We can also give really good insights around fuel burn and so forth as well. So they can go, look, that vehicle is burning too much emission, too much fuel, it causing too many emissions for what we like. So we want to go to something that's a bit more eco-friendly. Or we want to ask the truck driver when they park up, don't idle for an hour, turn the vehicle off, be more efficient. So we're seeing this sort of evolution. So for E-Road, we see ourselves, our purpose is safer and more sustainable roads. And it's about what tangible benefits we can do for our customers to enable that for them day in, day out. Yeah, you just mentioned um, this uh, evolution and what you just you know finished off with there talking about the, the, the expansion of uh, information and, and the use or the ability to use that information just in the last short while for a company mm -hmm. like E-Road. I mean, the, the opportunities or the, the directions of, of uh, to, to go off into must have just gone nuts in the last, yep. even <laughs> just the last couple of years, three, four years, I yep. suppose. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, we collect more data uh, per minute than all the Equus terminals at Christmas do, right? Now, the big, when Kiwis go out there to spend the last minute shopping, we know that millions of transactions go through. Every minute we're collecting that volume of transactions from our customers in terms of where their vehicles are. So we've got 100,000 vehicles in New Zealand. You know, over half of all heavy vehicles use the application. So we know where the heavy vehicle fleet is. In the US, we've got close to 90,000 vehicles up there. In Australia, we're still growing. They've got 15,000 uh, vehicles there. So we've got a huge source of information. And our customers are sitting there going, we've got these problems day in, day out. This data can help solve. Whether it is, do we, are we driving the right vehicle? Yeah. How do we get the most economic route from point A to point B so we can deliver more on a daily basis? Because we know it's really hard to find drivers. There's a massive driver shortage in all the markets we operate in. Yeah. So they can make their drivers more productive massive impact on their business in a positive way how do they understand who the suppliers and what the suppliers are up to as well you know this is the data application they're asking us to do and as we sort of branch out more i mean we do a lot more in refrigeration construction now so they want to know 
have some of our customers are carting COVID vaccines around. They want assurance that when they put it into the vehicle and when they deliver it to the pharmacy or the hospital, either, it stayed that constant temperature. And so they want the data to give them that sort of assurance as well. So there's so many different applications for data now. It's, we're trying to keep up with what the customers want. So I was just going to say too, so I mean, is, is, is a struggle moving forward actually um, finding ways to actually be efficient with the collation, but also then distributing, you know, yep. knowledgeable outcomes that are going to be helpful? Yep, exactly right. So insights is really important. So what sort of insights are of benefit to our customers? And so what we're doing is we're doing it in technically a couple of different ways. Now, one is we want to give the power into the hands of our customers. So we build products where they can interrogate the data themselves and build their own sort of insight reporting. Uh, we've got our own standard insights that you know some will just run with, and that's around driver leaderboard or other data that they can sit there and go, look, we can get a good perspective of how we're going. But they Every company has their own commercial application. So we launched a product last year called eRoad Analyst, which means our customers can actually build their own bespoke reporting and say, look, we want to know this issue in our business. How does eRoad data help solve that? Then they can combine the data from other sources in their business as well. And I was down changing with a customer a couple of days ago in Christchurch, and they put pulling data from a bunch of different applications, including eRoad, and build their own reporting. And they've got brilliant insight as to the efficiency of the business. And we're a key part of enabling that journey. So Given that power back to customers, we found really valuable as well because we can't be everything to everyone we found. So no, well, I mean, there's just yeah. everyone's got their, their own niche requirements uh, along the way, haven't they? And it's impossible. Yeah. So okay, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um uh new solutions, new new uh, products, ideas coming through that you're working on at the moment. Anything you can um, you can share with us? Absolutely. So a key one for us is cameras. So we've got into cameras over the last year or so, and we see this as a key part of our journey going forward. We know fatigue is a major issue for uh, customers that they want to manage. So having a camera solution that looks at how the driver's performing, but then equally what's going on the road is really important. And from a health and safety perspective, a lot of customers are saying, look, we really need help managing this. So we see a great application up there. In North America, we see the camera strategy being really important in that market, not only from a health and safety perspective, but also roadside exoneration. What we're seeing in North America is uh, big trucking companies are a big target for lawsuits. We all know America, the love of suing people, you see it happen in the roadside, roadside a lot. So our customers need to show that the driver, you know, it's no all too well, Murph, you no know, professional drivers are the safest people on the road, right? Yep. And these drivers are incredibly safe, but they see things that happen and they uh, put in accidents or dangerous situations at the time. So the ability to actually do that roadside exoneration and show to an enforcement officer or somebody else, hey, look, this is what's happened in front of me. This is a vehicle crash into me or something else. That's really, really powerful. So we're investing big time into that camera journey. Another area that we're really excited about and launching a new product in is what we call Core Hub. So um, as part of the merger with the Cortex company, there's some brilliant new technology called Core Hub. It's 4G enabled, so working on the latest mobile technology, and it's got what we call edge computing. And that's a fancy term to say that the box itself does a lot of processing. You'll see over time, people talk a lot about the cloud. You know, you send data up to a cloud, you've got the processing power up there. This device does what we call edge computing. So it does a lot more on the box itself. It only sends up to cloud what it needs to. What that means for customers is that they can get data quicker in the vehicle and they can get more applications can connect to more cameras around so we can have multi-camera solutions they can have more screens in the cab in terms of they need to get better routing they get better 
quick information there, um, and to get more efficiency in the cab. So we're really excited with the Koha products. We're launching it in North America this year and bring it down into Australia and New Zealand as well. And it's going to be really powerful industry. It's the next level of sort of telematics solution for the industry. So that's one that we're really investing in. It's the new platform for growth going forward. So it's super exciting for the business. We've got lots of applications we're building on it right now. And it's the next generation of technology to really take E-Road into, uh, further into the 21st century. Well, we, um, uh, I, can, uh, I can only imagine the workload that goes into trying to, to create all that integration. It's huge. And speaking of that, just, um, you know, there's so many great products out there. And we, you know, obviously with uh, my work with AutoSense, with Guardian and, and Seeing Machines, you know, another amazing product. We'll just have a chat about that later. But but what about the challenges around actually trying to, um, you know, package all that? So, the and that's what you are all about is creating these yeah. simple solutions because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the industry and the, the trucking companies, you know, we keep offering obviously all these yeah. products and we keep filling up the cabs with, more and yep. more, you know, technology, um, trying to actually put that in and package it all together. I mean, that is, that's one of the biggest challenges I would have thought. Oh, absolutely. And look, no, there's a drive distraction element yep. or, and the cost element, right? If you've got multiple different providers, you're paying people a lot more. So Eero is very much focused on building out an ecosystem. So no classic C machines that we work with where we can visualize the uh, data collected by a C machine product into our platform itself. Mm. So Rather than having two different platforms back at head office trying to see what's going on, you can integrate into one. So we're seeing the need to be more of an ecosystem play and partner with other great applications in the industry is the way to go. And that means that and the integration platform we're building out at the moment means we can be more hardware agnostic. So customers can bring, and over time, we're going to bring more and more of their own hardware that we can consume and visualize, whether it's in the cab, on a device there, or equally in the back office so the fleet operator can see what's going on. So it's really important that we partner with others in the industry and look to have a platform that's able to ingest that data and visualize it for our customers in the one place. Because they want one throat to choke, as we put it at the end of the day, they want one person to come to and say, look, these are the issues we're having in a product, in a cab and so forth. We want to come to you and can you help guide us in that journey? So integration is critical and having an ecosystem is really important to enable that for our customers. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and an ongoing task. I mean, it just as, yep. as you evolve into new technology, new ideas, all that kind of stuff, it's a, it's a, it's a massive space. Um, talk, speaking of massive spaces, uh, North America. Um, yes. Got to be, I mean, what an exciting, uh, you know, expansion into that. I mean, I mean, if you're talking volume, well, there's, you know, <laughs> where else has got more volume, certainly in the transport industry. I mean, um, just uh, talk about, um, you know, that expansion, that shift, that move and, and the challenges, you know, uh, trying to to uh, get into that market. Look, uh, America's huge. We all know that. So if you look at the, uh, the transportation industry, the vehicles that we can target, about 3 million vehicles just in the space that we operate alone. No, 3 million. It's yeah. huge, right? You can't be everything to everyone. So look, we're quite clear around our strategy of when we approach North America, we know what we're good at, so let's leverage what we're really good at. And so E-Road's great at customer service. You know, we've got brilliant customer service in New Zealand and Australia, so we make sure that we look after customers in the US. And to be fair, not a lot of operators out there care about customer service. They, it's all very hard to talk to people on the phone or to understand how can I actually use this product and how can I get efficiency out of it. So look, we leverage what we're good at. Customer service is really important. 
so too is actually having a really intuitive, easy to use product. As I mentioned earlier, Greg, you know, there's, there's not enough drivers in the industry. And so when you bring somebody on board, you want people on board really, really quickly. So we've made sure our product's really easy to use and our, uh, work, our log to- logbook product up in North America uh, was the number one product there in terms of easy use. Anyone can walk into the cab, press a button and it can go. So we're leveraging that and then we focus on where we're going to win. So there's four areas we focus on in North America. One is professional trucking. We're good at that. We've learned a lot from New Zealand around long haul travel and how that works. And so we make sure that we've got good professional trucking products in North America. Equally, there's three other places we play. And one is refrigeration. As I mentioned before, you know, we monitor a lot of really interesting vehicle fleets out there that have um, you know, refrigeration technology in their cab and in the back end. So we make sure that we have really good products out there. We focus really hard on refrigeration. Construction and civil construction is an important place we focus on as well. And then it's waste and recycling. So we target that and use that what we're good at down here that's where we think we've got a recipe for success. And then it's making sure we've got the right people. So we've got a few Kiwis who've got up to North America. We've yeah. hired a few Americans as well. And getting that Kiwi ingenuity combined with you know, the business sense and commercial acumen that you see in North America around how they go about things and the wounds that they've got up there in North America, we think we've got a winning combination there. But you know, being focused and leveraging what we're good at is the kind of way to go in a market that big. Is it, is it, is it competitive up there? I mean, are there other... Yep. Are there good products or they're just, you know, um, ones that are, are doing a job, but, but not yep. uh, in the, the reach that you, that you, that E-Road yep. had? Look, just to know, there's 3 million vehicles. There's, you know, there's tons of operators up there as yep. well, right? So lots of different vendors like us out there. And look, there are some really good products out there, which helps us keep us on our toes, right? So we get good learnings up there in North America around where's the world going to, because they're ahead of New Zealand in some areas. They're far behind in some areas, but they're certainly ahead of us and other areas as well. So there are good operators up there that keep us highly competitive, but that means that we can learn from that and bring the technology and learnings down to our Kiwi and Aussie customers as well. So, yep, uh, we've got to be sharp and on our A game in that market. Um, so then Australia as well, um, pr- projected sort of uh, growth over there. I mean, uh, where's, mm-hmm. where's that heading? I mean, we've, we're obviously much bigger here with a much smaller um you know, uh, transport industry, Australia's enormous. Yeah. Uh, where's, yep. the, where's, where's the plans? Yeah. So look, Aussie's got over 600,000 heavy vehicles, right? Mm. And, and what's interesting about Australia is New Zealand and the US are a bit ahead in terms of Australia, in terms of using technology like ours in the cab. So, uh, and that's partly because New Zealand's had the road user charging regime for quite some time. And the US, they've been very focused in terms of making sure managing fatigue in the cab and they've got laws which make compulsory requirements around using technology in the vehicle. Oh. Australia's more of a voluntary market. So you haven't seen the same level of penetration technology up there that you have in New Zealand. And so where we're focusing on, we've got some cool health and safety products. As I mentioned before, cameras are the key way that we can help our customers in Australia manage the health and safety risk. Um, we've also looking at how we can manage um, cool chain and construction requirements. So bring the technology we've got in the US uh, down to Australia, and also what we like to call micro assets. So very little devices, anything from a hand, uh, from a chainsaw to a, a packing cage, all up to motorised vehicles and so forth. We've got really good technology to manage assets. It's under our E-Road Wear brand. So using a combination of the micro assets, health and safety, and the cool chain construction technology, we're having some really engaging conversations with a range of different fleets in Australia about how we can solve the problems that they have 
in their businesses. So look, we're really confident in Australia. You know, it's sort of early days still. We've got mm. uh, four very good enterprise fleets up there and sort of slow growth, but we want to just focus on health and safety, cool chain, uh, construction, and also people managing all the little assets and having the vehicles and seeing that we can leverage growth that way in the market. I'm interested just uh, um, uh, about the merger with um, uh, Cortex. How, how long was that uh, on the go for? I mean, the, the yep. due diligence on that and the planning around around that. And, and, yep. and obviously, I suppose you looked at um, doing things yourselves rather than, well, Eero building and designing yep. their own things versus versus going and merging with someone else who already had some tech. Yeah, absolutely. Look, the Cortex is a great Kiwi success story as well. I mean, like us, uh, Kiwi created a company. They focus far more North America in the early days than what, New Z- uh, what we did. We focus more on New Zealand. They focus in the US. So given the fact we're in the US and they're in New Zealand to a small degree, there's great complementary technology and people that we could utilise. So uh, we sort of started a conversation, well, it would have been towards the end of 2020. It's a bit hard to catch up with COVID. It must have been end of 2020 around, uh, look, there's so much symmetry between the two businesses in terms of engineering, customer base, we would want to go to, let's have a conversation. So it's about a seven month gestation period between like, starting this conversation, announcing something publicly, and then we had all the regulatory filings and so forth, which meant we closed the deal on the 1st of December of last year. Um, what we saw was good in terms of Cortex was that where they had, um, they had invested more in terms of Android based technology, E-Road had more proprietary. Uh, we built our own operating systems, our own hardware, whereas Cortex had been on the Android journey for far longer than we had. We were starting to go on the Android journey around how do we use other people's operating systems, other people's technology to get into market faster. And we've just been on that journey. They're way ahead of us. So we saw rather than investing in building our own, they've got proven technology that they're already doing in the market. Let's join forces and use our strength around customer service, ease of use with their technology platform, which was more advanced than where we were to give the customer better product in the end of the day. So look, it was a really exciting journey. You know, I um, had been talking to the team for almost a year by the time we actually were finding one business. So we were very close and good mates by the time we kicked off on 1 December as a joint business. And it's, to be honest, it's accelerated the business so well. I mean, they've had a really strong pipeline up in North America. We've got a really strong focus in New Zealand and we continue to do so. Um, as we have to bring that lens to it as well. And together in Australia, you know, there's a huge amount of opportunity for us collectively up there as well yeah great compliment by the sounds of it absolutely um 550 40 odd people uh within the group um where do you you see the expansion uh and the the need for more people in the in the next short medium long term i mean growth for for road as a whole and what do you think numbers are going to be or need yeah, so look, no, we're sitting here going, look, we're at 550 odd. Uh, we'll probably grow to 650 odd over the next couple of years. And what we're really focusing on is we've got great technology. Now we're going to make sure we sing it loud and proud in everywhere we are and get the sales that we you know we absolutely believe we can get. So we're going to be focusing far more on that marketing engine. You know, when you've got a country like the US, big market, trying to get to those customers that want us, you've got to be really targeted on marketing. So we're focusing certainly on the marketing side. Uh, we're focusing on building our sales capability in the markets we're in as well. Equally in Australia, we're focusing on marketing and sales. In the New Zealand side, we're very much focused around, you know, there's new challenges we're focusing on, which is ESG, data scientists, those sorts of folks who've got good understanding of sustainability, 
data science, uh, engineering applications there. We need to get stronger in that side because that's where the world's going. Yeah. So we're certainly focused in that area as well. But over time, we, we get more efficient as a business too, you know. Uh, so we're sort of, we'll be shaping ourselves in the right direction around getting a stronger sales and marketing engine, uh, smarter people than me around engineering and data insights, bring that application on and just build a stronger company and a, you know, uh, uh, a stronger team off the back of that as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can I can sense your excitement, you know, just talking to you yeah. and seeing you on the screen here about about how excited you are about the future, which is which is yeah, what absolutely. you need in a leader. That's for sure. Um, uh, and with that, then, I mean, uh, are there sort of uh, any um, you know new plans or, or around expanding into other countries, or at the moment, you know, the focus on these markets, these two big markets? Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, is are they is that where you're at? Look, we're really happy with the markets we're in. So we know we've got a huge amount of growth potential in North America. So that in its own, it's you no know, multiple countries globally when you sort of add into North America. So look, we're we're concentrating on North American strategy. You no, know, look, uh, we've got clients who sort of travel the border across the Canada and so forth. So we're going to manage that part as well. We are deeply committed to New Zealand. You know, we see New Zealand as a test bed for lots of cool products. We've got great customers here deeply focused on how do we continue to help our Kiwi customers on their journey around safety and sustainability. In Australia, we're still pretty new in our journey in Australia. So it is no, we're seeing in Australia over time, the regulatory journey is going to change. You now things are going to become uh, you know, compulsory where it's going to be managing work time rules using electronic devices or they've got a big challenge in terms of decarbonizing their heavy vehicle fleet as well. So inevitably we're going to see a road user charging model in the Australian market too. That is our DNA. That's where we come from. We're great at that. So we see we've got some customers with big challenges in those markets that we can support them with. That's going to keep us pretty busy for the next few years. So no need to expand out anytime soon. Yeah, I didn't. I I thought I knew the answer to that question um, <laughs> pretty much. Um, obviously, AutoSense is the the sponsor of the podcast, and and uh, you know we we work. Uh, heavily into that that road safety that space with you know the distraction and fatigue stuff that is happening that we're aware of and, and I'm picking and you've you've referenced it already but the the, the telematic data that you get through the e-road e solutions mm -hmm. um you know as far as uh drivers go and one of the biggest challenges is is you know just fatigue distraction for you guys um a, a, a big concern yeah it certainly is I mean we talked about before, but we get great insight around what happens on the roads. Um, we talk about network effects. Given the number of vehicles we have in New Zealand, we can see how the roads are going and the impacts that things like fatigue and speed has. So one of the key areas that we focus on is how to help our customers manage their fatigue because it's a real issue that we see. And so our sort of uh, driver insight report, we can see over time, after so many hours, you can see typical drivers, when they start getting fatigued, when they start speeding more, harsh braking more, and so forth, it was time to say, look, it's time to sort of pause to be safe. Equally, we see the impact of speeding on the roads. I mean, what we see, a lot of our customers are really safe and they do manage within the speed limit, but we see, you know, sometimes new people using technology, speed's a major issue that they want to manage and want to get that down a level because we see speed as such a dangerous impact we have on the roads. But one of the net positives we see is over time, as our, more and more people are using our technology and are driving safer, it's having an impact on other road users. We like to call it the pace car effect. Now we've seen as people use telematic technology, they drive safer, they 
slowed down, it actually has a real impact with other people in the driving journey who are sitting behind them as well. So we see the risks on the road around fatigue and speed, but we also see how we can actually shape that in the right direction and actually lead into safer roads for the communities that we all live in um, and want to make sure that we have people safe in there. Well, we've all got to buy into it. I mean, um, there's yeah. one thing I do agree with, um, you know, uh, a lot of the um, methodology of, of where NZTA is heading, Wakakata is heading, um, you know, is, is we've all got to actually work towards uh, creating yeah. a safer environment uh, on the road. Look, they're grateful. We work closely with Wakakatahi, uh, the commercial vehicle inspection team, the police, uh, the Road User Federation and other teams to say, look, we're all in here to create a safer road. Everyone's bought into the journey. How do we do it in the best way possible? Uh, we're really conscious about our customers and we want to look after them um, and make sure that they're safe on the roads and we help everybody else make sure that, look, we have a real positive impact on the community here. Yeah, awesome. Mate, um, uh, uh, incredible company. You should be very proud. I know you are. I'm sure you are very proud to be a part of it and, and be leading it into the future. Um, and, you know, it, it, it really is exciting that a, uh, New Zealand company like this is achieving what they're achieving, contributing what they are, and 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 being the leaders in in this space. So uh, amazing to catch up. Great to get your insights and and talk. And and well done. Congratulations on the role. And and we look forward to uh, you know uh, talking again soon. Thanks, Murph. Look, I really enjoy the opportunity to speak, and also the great work Auto Sense and Silk are doing in terms of focusing on road safety. We're all going to part to play in this. And it's great we're having these conversations and we're all on this journey together. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Look after yourself. Take care. Cheers. Well, there you have it. Another uh, podcast done and dusted and a really interesting chat there with Mark Heiner. Um, he's got a massive amount of enthusiasm, as you can tell, uh, with the role that he plays there at uh, E-Road and excited about the future. Uh, now we've had eight episodes of the podcast so far and I'm uh, really keen still to hear uh, who else that any of you would like me to chat to or any topics that uh, you'd like covered. Uh, so get in touch at the depot at autosense.co.nz or message Autosense through Facebook, Instagram, or in LinkedIn. Um, so a big thanks to Autosense again, um, obviously for making this podcast happen. If you're looking for help with driver training, fatigue and or distraction solutions, then pop over to autosense.co.nz and check it out. So that's it for today. Uh, we will catch you next time on The Depot.